Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Welcome to Flashback Friday. And in honor of the film Minari's much-deserved recent success, we wanted to bring you this interview that we had with the incredible Stephen Yun from November of 2018. So at the time, he was on a press tour for his film Burning, which you can watch right now on Netflix. And he gets real candid with us over a glass of whiskey. This was a really fun interview. But before I let you go, if you have not seen Minari, please support this film. You'll be really happy that you did. One of our recent guests, Rekha Shankar, accurately explained that while certain award shows might call it a foreign film, it is not a foreign film. It is an American film. It's the story of a family struggling to stay together through the isolation and the, the pressures of being an immigrant. It's about our shared humanity. And that is as American as apple pie. And Stephen Young is a goddamn national treasure. So thank you for coming to my TED Talk and enjoy our interview with Stephen Young. someone special in the studio it's no big deal it's a friday night um steven yoon just dropped by uh he was in the neighborhood i think yeah i was just strolling <laughs> amongst the smog yeah with your face mask on yeah. <laughs> you heard you you heard we had some whiskey relief in, in yeah that's right that's why i came in, I came in for <laughs> he's like oh do you have whiskey I'm like yeah sure come on in and we have mics and a podcast um welcome to bitch talk uh you are here in town promoting your new film burning yes which um, I'm gonna just go into it. It sure. is a it's a role, um, very opposite of "Sorry to Bother You" in terms mm. of uh, classism, right? Mm. Uh, "Sorry to Bother You." You were an activist and an organizer, and in this film, you're not <laughs> at all. He could be. Um, can you talk about both roles and the duality of of picking those? Sure. Um What's really fun sometimes about like finding um, characters that you know may or may not be very opposite is that sometimes you tend to find incredible similarities between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, as much as the ethics may be possibly of both characters might be different, I only say that because you know um, it's there's it's it's hard to talk about burning because it's kind mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not difficult. It's just more like it, it, it requires different parameters to kind of experience that thing. I think I, I'm already I'm already complicating things. Um, but yeah, the two take characters, a drink. Yeah, and then <laughs> let me have one of these guys. So I went right into it. I'm like, so mm. talk know, about the, the uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh no, it's okay. And then if you throw in Glenn, yeah, like, right, right. That, that's What's the complete the... other spectrum of like the good guy, the heart of the story. Right. I think we both stopped watching after. Oh man. Died. We did. We watched Sorry. it together. It's still good. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I feel you. I appreciate like that. It was. <laughs> it was. It was a rough. That was a rough. Uh, yeah, that was a rough go. I, I, I used to watch those like. 
uh, videos of people like reacting to the thing. <laughs> it's gnarly. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. No, uh, it's but, okay. You're here now. So yes, it's I'm fine. here now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it was really fun. Like Squeeze is someone who he's been around the block. He's knowledgeable. He has some wisdom at a young age. Mm-hmm. I think um, he knows. Uh, how to move about his surroundings um, without getting too riled up over how things flow or turn out. Um, he's witnessed his own fair share of disappointments. And in that same way, Ben has also seen the, a lot of the world as well. And so mm-hmm. he's very knowledgeable. Um, so then you can kind of just paint the picture from there of like, if you have that knowledge, if you have that wisdom, and you feel kind of comfortable in your skin in that way, um, you know, it always emanates when someone is kind of like steady on their feet because they just kind of, they, they're they going with the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like both characters can embody that. So uh, they're different, but they're also very similar. Mm-hmm. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> See what a sip of whiskey will do. Yeah, it cleared it up. <laughs> I'm back. I love how you talk about how you used, I mean, this is essentially a, a Korean character, but you used your American side mm. to sort of build upon that mystery mm-hmm. behind the character. And, mm-hmm. and the audience's reaction in, in Korea is going to be completely different to that of an American audience. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's so so interesting just mentally to think about playing to a Korean audience versus an American audience. Yeah, I think there are inherent um, specificities to what a, a Korean audience will take in. But I think also there is, I, I think what's cool about Director Lee's decision to not have me really like take away that stuff of just what's in my body, uh, but use it actually kind of works even for American audiences when I think about it. Cause you know, it's he, still Ben inhabits a world where it is all Korean people. Mm-hmm. And so their movements are not very similar to Ben's movements. Like there's a different hurriedness to Korean characters and the characters in that, uh, in that film other than Ben where they just it's its kind of everyone's like filling the hurrying it up to fill up the gaps whereas Ben's just kind of like slowly crawling cruising through everything he's doing so mm. um, is that an American trait? I'm always told I rush too much <laughs> I like well I think what it is is it's someone that knows the world um, so that he doesn't have to necessarily adhere to a social system if he doesn't want to um, a lot of how we are, I feel like, is based on like how we interact with each other and uh, the culture that kind of defines us. Um, and you can find that here. Uh, you can find that in America. You can find that, you know, in large swaps or smaller subgroups. But like Korea has its own social system. And I think um, that's kind of rooted in a lot of collectivism. And so if you have someone that's kind of his own free spirit, that's just him wherever he is, then it's kind of off-putting, where you're like, why, why are you so free in yourself? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I don't understand. And so, yeah, it's kind of that feeling. That hmm. makes sense. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of layers to the film. I mean, it's it's an obvious mystery, mm-hmm. but um, there's a lot of social commentary on the current political and socioeconomic society in Korea. Um, do you feel like the film captured today's Korea? Because I, I went into this not knowing much about mm-hmm, Korea, honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was um, it was interesting seeing Ben interact with the other two characters who are not really from his world. And it felt very San Francisco to me. Like the new San Francisco was Ben. 
Yeah. So I, I don't I didn't know that it was well. Really, so what's really funny is like one of the things that director Lee and uh, myself and Oh Jung Mi, the writer, we discussed kind of in our weekly, by like every other day like meetings was just how Ben seems like maybe the future of the next generation, mm. um, regardless of what country you're inhabiting. Mm-hmm. If you're in first world mode, you're in, you're you're getting bit by that technology bug the same so um yeah ben kind of represents in some ways maybe a potential future mm-hmm. um you know it does paint a specific picture of korea but what's really wonderful and i think what's kind of great about this moment now um and you just look at this whole film all together and it's really weird like i it's weird for me to be a part of it um as a korean american doing a full mm-hmm. korean film um, that is coming back and kind of just making it splash everywhere globally. And I don't know if we've ever really had that before. Um, not to play first, but more just to say that might be indicative of the time that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, of, you know, things are changing so rapidly and we're all kind of getting smaller. The earth is getting smaller. We're all knowledgeable about each other's home lives. Um mm-hmm. Uh, down to the culture and we're more mm-hmm. cognizant of others and what differences we have but ultimately what our similarities are and so when I feel like people connect to burning um, a lot of the time I feel like out of respect you have to say I think this represents Korea mm-hmm. but really it represents all of it like that film those characters live in America just as much as they live in Korea as they live Mm. in China as they live in Japan or where you can find these people everywhere and so um, that's I think what was really great about director Lee was just he's a incredible mind and an incredible director and he said I'm gonna make one for the kids Mm. and uh, I'm gonna tell a story about the youth and I'm not going to do it in this way where as a 60 plus year old man he's going to be like this is what you are but rather he'll be like I get you I understand you um, it's chaotic It's cr- it looks crazy out there um, if you're a Gen Z or like lower rung like lower age uh, millennial like you might have come out of college with no job prospects, mm-hmm. um, no idea what's next, and nobody in front of you to tell you anything about how this works because the game blew up mm-hmm. and there's no rules now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, kids are thriving still because humanity thrives, but um, yeah, I think that is what the world looks like. And you're getting to see a little bit of like when you see Chongsu, maybe he's someone that's really like wanting the world to work the way that it used to right you know? he's me basically <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah I, I will say you know the thing that i hear a lot is after multiple viewings from my friends my friends are always like i'm all three of them hmm. mm-hmm. i'm all three of them yeah I mean, some way shape or form right i think i think also when, when you say everything's around us uh social media we look into mm-hmm. each other's lives in a way that we never have before mm-hmm. but really we don't know. That doesn't mean we know each other any better. No. Yeah. And the mystery of your character stayed with you, mm-hmm. ultimately. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it really just comes down to that that loneliness that we're feeling, even yeah. though we're surrounded by each other and we can we can follow each other's lives all day. Mm-hmm. There's still that loneliness mm-hmm. that connects us. Yeah, the loneliness is our connection, and I wish mm. you know that's kind of what it's almost saying is like, yeah, you're alone because you're a stark individual, um, like all of 
all the bits and pieces of you are not necessarily like this interconnected thing where you're part of this massive machine. You are ultimately, but you also have to realize like you and like feel. And I think the kids are, you know, the younger generation are getting to feel that like hardcore where now you're dividing into smaller subsections and people are finding uh, like even smaller niche groups um, to kind of identify with. And then you eventually boil, keep going and you'll get down to like, oh, it's just me. Mm hmm. And I like all these separate things and all these separate things make me up mm -hmm. and I feel alone and that's terrifying, <laughs> but that's also true. <laughs> and so does this other person. They also feel alone and it's terrifying. So we're both alone and terrified together. That's fine. Then you, you know, then it kind of loops back into that circle and you're right back together again. Mm -hmm. But, um, hmm. that's you know, beautiful. <laughs> well, it was, it's funny that you brought that up and, and we're talking about younger people and millennials or kids coming out of college. We recently did this mixer thing for UC Berkeley students. Mm -hmm. And I, we weren't sure what we were getting into, but it was really sweet. It, mm -hmm. just, they were very honest and came up to us and like, we're, we're here because we've been told we need to learn how to um, socialize. Be, be social, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Cool, okay. <laughs> Come yeah. on to the fold. Yeah. I mean, that's there's something very sweet about that. And yeah. I, I don't know if you find things like that, too, while you're out there and doing press and meeting yeah. people. But just I mean, being honest. That's You're right. Like what, I think what you're getting at, too, is like this, this maybe this cry for help that we've always had as, as, as people. But like I just want someone to understand me. And mm. that's almost impossible. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then at some point, you just kind of got to be cool with yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you and that know? takes a long time. It takes a long time. <laughs> a it's, really long time. Yeah, and, it, and people have different journeys. Like people get it early or people get it late. Um, but that's just that's what makes this life beautiful. Too. Well, and I think an another connection that we can have about that is trying to understand yourself when it's even hard to understand your parents. I mean, you came here yeah. when you were five, yeah. so you grew up in a completely different reality. And, yeah. and were you surrounded by a yeah. lot of Asians or, well, I was or even by Koreans? A, yeah. Because being surrounded by Asians doesn't mean that right. you get your culture, <laughs> yep. as we, as right. we know. Yeah. And also, each, each like, like there's a formula, too, you know. Um, I'm from Michigan, so we had like a couple, maybe like a hundred thousand Korean people. So just enough mm. to mm. feel like you could not go every day and not speak English at all, or just be part of the Korean thing. But you had enough where it was like, I can feel a connection to my culture and a pride for my culture. Mm. Um, and then there's other groups like you know that have smaller pockets where they maybe hold, like squat up even smaller and then they can e either do that or they can just fully assimilate. Or you got these large swaths of Asian Americans that are in San Francisco or LA or New York and they're very, you, coastal Asians are very different because um, <laughs> they're almost... Coastal Asian. I've never, All right. yeah. never heard that. I need to yeah. check that box. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a middle of the, I'm the middle of the country Asian. Yeah. Um, it's different. Just just because you, you have different come up. Um, you know, you, I, I remember the first time I came to California and I met uh, Korean dudes and they scared me. Because hmm. I was like, and I think they scared me because I was like, oh, you're free. Err than me mm -hmm. um you're uh culturally or just in their skin mm. like they're not just hiding more comfortable yeah they're not hiding s themselves mm. they're not um they're not using things to like 
shield them from the outside world. Rather, they're just like, yeah, like there's a gangload of Asian people here. I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, um, whereas in Michigan, like you can either go the route of like just be a part of the whole thing or fight against it the mm -hmm. whole time. And, um, you know, the best people that thrive are usually the ones that either assimilate fully mm -hmm. or um, if you're lucky enough, have a really balanced outlook on life and be able to, like, tread those waves. But, um, you know, I just turned 35. I'm thir turning 35 this year. Like, I don't know. Senior. Who, me? No, oh. yeah, I'm joking. You're the baby in the room. Yeah, you're oh, the baby in the room. You're welcome. <laughs> Whiskey keeps you looking young, though. Yeah, so. young. It it young. Time stands still in here. Yeah. yeah, we're, like, pickled. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I love I love that, that metaphor that you use about being in Michigan and you're either all in or you resist because yeah. that's kind of a metaphor for what's happening in Hollywood and what we're trying to change mm -hmm. is like either you fit into this mold as mm -hmm. an Asian actor mm -hmm. or you res you know and why can't there be something in between why yeah. can't I just be me yeah as an actor yeah. and not Asian first right well, it's interesting like I don't know the answers to this and so that's what I will always start with because I literally I sometimes I don't even know why people ask me because I don't know <laughs> necessarily but mm -hmm. it's I I've just been thinking about it and it's like our our generation is now in kind of in the front to lead things, you know, um, the generation above us is kind of losing their minds. Um, and, uh, you know, it's but also I've never been 34 with a kid before, you know, I've never been this before. So my reality has shifted before my eyes. and. You look at your own kid and you're like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to do these things for you. Like, mm. I'm supposed to, like, be an adult for you. <laughs> and um, that's a really cool feeling because then you're able to, like, kind of take hold and, like, just be you as best as you can. So um, I, I think a lot of the trauma that we came up with our generation typically with our heroes being like long duck or not heroes but like our our representation being long duck dong yep. or mm -hmm. short round and dude honestly all the love to those actors because yep. they were grinding whenever they nobody else was giving them a shot and, and i did they, love them as a kid yeah, and yeah. mr miyagi yeah, and they did a yeah. fantastic job mm -hmm. it's just we evolved and mm -hmm. now we know that you know if everybody else can get a fully realized human being on the screen that looks like you, then we also want that. And mm -hmm. um, that doesn't come in broad strokes, but broad strokes can help. Um, and, you know, this movement that's happening that's really cool is just like, we'll b keep building on it and people will put in like their own little calling cards and they'll put in their own pieces of work and art. And um, I think, you know, this is just part of that process that's just happening. Um, mm -hmm. But... Yeah, I feel you on like I just want to be a human being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, I am gonna go back to Glenn really quickly just because yeah. I like I said we're older than you. <laughs> she well whatever she's not that much older than you, but we're older okay. than you. And seeing you was it first episode that you were on or second? Yes. Oh, he was in out? the pilot. Oh, okay. I was in the my voice was in the pilot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but seeing you just it was a revelation for me. And wow. I was in my. 30s <laughs> I was in my 60s I'm just kidding I was in my 30s and um, just like whoa because I, I think the Asian American experience on the screen whether it be small or large was really me growing up too Long Duck Dong all those others but like Margaret Cho for one minute mm -hmm. and so you came on and it was like fuck yeah 
this is rad. And how long your character lasted, really, it was really a, a testament to how, I don't know, I think, think how things are going now. Yeah. So um, I have to give you that little prop. And I know I heard you on another podcast and you're like, ah, it's just luck, but you were chosen for a reason. So. I appreciate that. That's yeah. very kind. Um, yeah. I know that's a fully loaded <laughs> comment that, and like, question. You, but What you just, you saying that like makes me like take stock of like, what's happened in my life and I'm like what the hell <laughs> it's all good though, yeah, no it's you great know? but that's what I'm saying is like it's in, it's it's very very blessed you know so it's yeah it's cool thank you you're welcome yeah, I'll take it <laughs> yeah. I mean it's 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 people like you and, and others that are leading the way Ali Wong all our favorite Asians it's mm. like that's why bitch talks here like that's what's up honestly mm. like okay sure she's gonna say a lot of rad things that we've been saying already and we're just like <laughs> following that train but um one other thing i want to ask you really quickly um i was listening to the podcast that i was talking about with um david chang mm. you guys mentioned oh. han a lot mm. i'm not korean mm. so i don't know what it means mm. and i tried to like wikipedia it, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. so can you explain what han is um i will say you know han that terminology and maybe the way that it is it's specifically expressed in Korean culture is unique to Korea, but I think we're also just kind of narrowing in and focusing on just like a country and a whole population's trauma mm. and how that manifests. And I think what Korean Han is, is just, you know, several moments within the history of that country where they just constantly got taken over or overrun or occupied or imprisoned or or war has happened to them so they know trauma that way and um that gets passed on because it gets expressed in different ways even genetically it gets passed on hmm. um so mm. you know um yeah it's kind of just the framework of not and you know it doesn't it doesn't express itself unilaterally across all korean people um it's just a collective feeling of like feeling like you're still crawling out climbing out of the barrel like you're still climbing out of the hole mm. um and it's that anger that you have because things you know have been really tough so um yeah han is a uh, is is kind of this lingering feeling of oppression can we adopt that now <laughs> with, with the political Ooh. climate? <laughs> well, I mean, like, that's the thing, too, is like um, your background. Filipino. Filipino. Mm -hmm. Filipino knows trauma. Filipino oh, knows yeah. trauma. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a version of Han that exists for Filipinos mm -hmm. um, that, you know, Vietnamese have massive trauma. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah, just go down the line. Yeah, go down the line <laughs> of any Southeast Asian country yeah, has I just mean. been decimated. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's not unique to Korea mm -hmm. as a concept, but uh, Han expresses itself that way too. And because also Korea is in a unique position too. They've now fully, re not fully, but they've realized themselves. They've climbed out of the hole actually. Their GDP is massive. Their mm -hmm. exports are massive. They're a country that people respect um, and K-pop. Yeah, they, they're cultural, <laughs> you know, they're a cultural yeah. hub. Mm -hmm. And so it's this feeling of like, you know, acknowledge me, but I still feel like, you know, like someone's going to come to like ruin this for me. Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of that feeling, if that makes sense. Yeah, kind of like a mafia feeling. Like Maybe. you don't want your back to the door because you want to make sure that you're sure. The whole I would, yeah. <laughs> you know? I, mean, I, I personally, and you're, you, you make a good connection. Um, I don't want to generalize Han um, 
for coming from me because uh there's definitely probably like more individual intense experiences that i don't know right um but yeah, that's kind of it. Okay. <laughs> well, I just wanted to end it on a, a food note. Okay. Cool. Oh, you you yes. are big in the food game. And speaking of David Chang, you're in an episode of Ugly Delicious. I yeah. love this show on Netflix cool. uh, that centers around barbecue. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about Korean barbecue. And you opened a restaurant with your brother in L.A. that I would like to eat at. Yeah, please. Uh, that is called the Bun Shop <laughs> yes. Restaurant. It just says, what should it, we eat there? And oh, just give us a quick heads you. up and why is it um, awesome. <laughs> shout out to the Bun Shop. Um, thanks for letting me do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not open it with my brother. I helped him open it with his partner. Mm. Got it. Um, that's they did it. Mm-hmm. They did all that's of it. Exhausting. It, terrifyingly <laughs> horrible. Uh, in did, LA, of yeah. All play, I mean, the food game in LA. So much respect for uh, my brother and uh, Brian and uh, his partner James. Like, um, they moved to LA, and my brother just was woke up one day from his corporate job, and he's like, "I don't want to do this anymore." And then he just turned around the next day and started a food truck, and then that's wow. now became a neighborhood staple where they've set it up. So, um, it's cool. You should get Mama's wings because that's my mom's wing recipe. Oh, yeah, awesome. It's like tangy, sweet, sour. It's like, it's like. Mom's love, 1990s love <laughs> Korean wings. I don't know how to ex- <laughs> just okay. go try them. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know the buns are delicious. Um, I love the spam bun personally, but not. I know not, not everybody loves spam. I love oh, we love spam. spam. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know <laughs> don't you spam. worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. There's okay. a lot of good stuff there. Uh, I could just go down the whole menu, but that'd be lame. Okay, those top two. Those <laughs> I top feel two. like we would have Sweet. a comment for every single yeah. thing. Like, yeah, we'll eat that. Uh, Stephen Yoon, thank you so much for being for on Bitch me. Talk. I Come back it. through again when there's not to. an apocalypse going on. And Guys, be safe out there. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Damn. Cal- we'll see you. We'll see you at Bun Shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, we'll yeah, just come see you down. there. <laughs> Get away from this crazy. Yeah. So, yeah thank yeah, you so much. Thanks for having me. That was actor and best, amazing human being. Best friend of the show. Best friend of the show. <laughs> Steven Yoon. Uh, his new film is called Burning. It's getting a lot of attention. Um, may even be an Academy Award nominee, so I heard. Um, but that was... Uh, I, I, yeah, did it happen? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think Was that, I dreaming? Um, it's funny because we've been nervous for interviews in the past and i was nervous but i also wasn't but you and i have a relationship with him in a weird way we do yes we watched the walking dead together every week yeah there was a period of time when you moved back up here that that was our day and we were both single and we were just like (laughs) we made food drank and watched the walking dead yeah and then and spoiler alert if you haven't watched it but he dies and then he dies and we never (laughs) haven't ever watched it ever again and it's like smell you later it was very personal it was and yeah. um, so <sighs> I was nervous, but also I was I, so nervous. But I'll, also, I just I knew that he was just going to be so easy I to talk too. to. I did. I, I did a little research. I listened to a couple podcasts. You know, our friend Dino Ray Ramos talked with him maybe a week or two ago, and I made a comment about, oh, we would love to have him in studio. And then he was like, oh, I heard there's actually thank you to Dino because he's the one who turned me on to. He may be there in the next few weeks, and somehow I put it all together. In the stars I don't know. aligned. I don't know how, but he ended up here in studio. It, and 
<laughs> no, I was just going to say the other thing is we don't get a lot of these interviews in studio. No, no, no. Like it's always the dream to have them here because it's right. like our domain. Right. And we can control the situation sort of. So, And uh. and when you're talking to somebody of that cali- caliber, it just gives you a little more confidence to be like in your comfort zone. And it was really funny. I, I wish and also I don't wish that you guys could see our uh, text chain between Char, Aaron and I. It was just like happy gifts and gifs, gifs. I always I forget. say gif and then my boyfriend makes fun of me. He's I like, oh, is that gif. a peanut butter? So anyway, I don't know. It was it's a it was a combo of like happy gif gifs and just like exclamations and and um well then Egg I told plants. you. Well, uh, before he walked in, I texted you guys. I don't know if you saw it that I was going to poop my pants. So, oh, really I glad I kept that inside. I didn't see that one. Oh well, it's there for you one. when you want to. Like, you crowning? Are you crowning? You got to take. A I break? was before they walked in. I was like, oh my god, I'm so nervous. Oh, I, I just, I just saw the. I mean, like you walked out. You they they said that they were on their way, and you're like. Okay, I'm gonna go outside there and 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 go meet them. And so we knew where you were going, and then it was just like, it was like a play by play from like two minutes away. It was like, <laughs> guys, they're here. <laughs> guys, we're walking in. <laughs> guys, we're here. But that's my old life as a publicist. We ten, would tell ten everyone feet away. like two feet away. Yeah. But that's how what you do, just so you're not. So I'm just not opening the door and the, oh here's Steven Yu don't worry about it you know like no, just no, giving absolutely. you a heads up. But it's it's also that I had to poop. I mean what else is new? Yeah. Hey nothing. Like uh I actually I just posted on uh on social media I was like normally I complain about being uh, I know sorry here I drug on you a, on a Friday. Night. <laughs> well and also with the apocalypse happening outside. Well that was what's interesting is I I pulled uh I pulled an all nighter uh working on some house cleaning here in the studio on Tuesday because I was I didn't have much going on the rest of the week I was kind of working from home so I would so like we've been texting each other all week about right. work and stuff and and but then I've been doing everything remotely I haven't been in studio much and I wasn't planning on coming in until next Tuesday and then uh yesterday or the day before <laughs> right. you're like yeah, so this is happening, and it's going to be Friday. <laughs> and I'm I like, uh, all right, well, let's move some things around. They, I mean, Char's the best. It's a big deal. I we mean, make it, it happen. We don't do Friday nights normally, and she comes a long way. And again, we're in the apocalypse, so I think you it's, both. It's crazy looking out there. He it came in with really... a mask, and he was worried for me. I'm like, worry about yourself, please. People, people are buying professional ninja masks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, and and there are some uh, in, well, the city in Chinatown. You can I get some in flare. At, you can get like a Pikachu mask. I was pa- I was on the <laughs> I was on the Bay Bridge at five thirty p.m. ish. Mm-hmm. And oh, it looks what it looked like. It looked like there's no city. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it kind of looked like L.A. <laughs> on an extreme day. I'm just kidding. I love you, L.A. But uh, yeah, I spent the week in Santa Cruz, and so coming back here was it wasn't, really depressing. It wasn't smoky. It, they there? were saying like, "Oh, it's so bad," and my I'm like, "This is not fucking bad. You're right. tripping." Yeah. Right. It's still I could still see some stars. Oh yeah. From, no, not yeah. It, from although the Santa Cruz it just, mountains, so. Uh, it feels. I wasn't expecting it to feel worse than last October. You know, with the yeah, Santa Rosa fires, exactly. But it's, it's worse. It's a hundred times exactly. Worse. Well, because the difference was for the Santa Rosa fires, there was ash. 
There's ash yes. everywhere. But this one, there's no ash, mm. but the smoke and the oh. density is worse. I'm getting ash when I was, kill me. Oh, okay. you are. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, when I was driving in from Santa Cruz, I was driving down the Embarcadero, and normally on any given day, it doesn't matter what hour, because nobody really works in San Francisco. I don't understand. The Embarcadero is packed full of joggers, walkers, people with their dogs. Same there in Oakland. fucking nobody. It yeah. was crickets. Oh, I thought you were saying there were people in no, Oakland no, no. have been running. On the Embarcadero, it was... No, Nothing. normally it's just right. you can't get through. Yeah, I saw thing. somebody. I saw somebody running in my brother's neighborhood the other day, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's not really helping." No, it no. was so bad. It was scary, oh, and it reminded me of the irony of having Stephen Yun here today. Mm-hmm. Is it reminded me of the fucking Walking Dead? I'm like, this is well. I the was apocalypse. gonna make a joke like, if we're gonna be with any celebrity. <laughs> I want to be with Steven Yoon because he you was a goddamn survivor. He is a survivor. Yeah. I mean, whatever, the end, but that was inevitable. But he was the one that saved the main character. Right. In the first goddamn episode. Yes. No. Second. Second. He said well, his he voice was, was in, in the first. the first, but that he was he was setting the the groundwork for saving him in the first episode. Just he's just <sighs> run for office. This or is the, I love this you. is the dude that you want. Yeah, in the apocalypse. So Anyways, thank you for listening. <sighs> Steven, if you're listening all, this whole time. I'm such a sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, thank you for being here. We really, really, really appreciate it. Um, you're, you are the kind of voice we want on Bitch Talk always. So thank you so, so much. Right. Yeah, he and, was, and he was on the movie. He was on the way to a Q&A. Oh, with a friend of ours. Friend of the show. Friend oh, yeah. of the show. Jane Kim. Jane Kim. JK. Uh, Maybe next time he'll ask us, though. Anyways, uh, we'll see. We'll see him at the bunch up in L.A. Yes, shop. And we're gonna get Mama's wings and uh, oh, fuck. I forgot the other one. I'm gonna have to listen. Spam. <gasps> the spam bun. bun. Yeah. Boom. That sounds awesome. That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> when he was talking about buns, I really, really <laughs> well, I had to hold back. Next month, so. Oh yeah, we'll all be in L.A. next month. <laughs> Different times, but right. whatever. Yeah. Anyways, um, hear my, see my eye rolls. Hear my eye rolls. Whatever. Very, very much at different times. But um, Stephen Yeun, thank you. Go see his film Burning. Um, it's it's very haunting. That's all I will say. So um, go see it and support indie film. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. 